Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, Karen. We are so excited to bring to all of our listeners, Karina Heinrich, um, a good friend of ours. Karina is the top Chicago-based certified integrative nutritionist and celebrity health coach. And we are so excited to welcome you to the podcast today, Karina. I am so excited, so honored to be here. I'm really excited to talk about all things health, wellness, nutrition, and everything in between. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being with us. We knew that this would be such an easy conversation with you because you're so good at what you do and you have so many um, so many nutrition suggestions and we're excited to talk about the foods that boost your mood because especially in the middle of the winter when we're all feeling the winter blues, we're excited to talk to you about those. And we know that you incorporate all this for children's nutrition and uh, so excited to share that with our listeners. Yay. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, we can't stop reading Andy the Candy Witch. (laughs) Even though we are celebrating Valentine's Day today, um, your book actually is perfect because my mother-in-law dropped off big Valentine gift bags filled with candy for my kids. And I said to my (laughs) husband, what do you think would happen if I took all the candy out and just left the toys and the books that your mom (laughs) gave the kids? I can tell them that Andy the Candy Witch stopped by early. Exactly. I mean, Andy's been visiting our house for decades. I mean, I guess as soon as my son was born, but I've been doing it with like nieces and nephews um, because we all have so much candy. And so it was a good excuse to blame it on somebody instead of like, you know, mom throwing it away. And so wrote this years ago and I feel like she can be present at any holiday after birthday parties. She can sneak in and take that extra candy away. I love to hear that. Can you? And she talk- also needs to come in and take the food away from the Super Bowl <laughs> that we all ate yesterday. <laughs> I know she needs to visit the parents' refrigerator as well. Exactly. <laughs> Just a few days late, but um, for this year's Super Bowl, anyway. I mean, I there was so much junk food out at a party that we went to, and I was like, oh gosh, everyone's going to be cranky tomorrow because they didn't have their normal healthy dinner, but so much fun for them. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to publish Andy the Candy Witch and what this journey has been like for you? I know Karen and Brian have written a book, so it's always interesting to talk with other authors. Yeah, I've been a writer uh, since I was actually little, I wanted to publish since I was a teenager. I wrote this. I have three kids, two of my boys play hockey and I live at hockey rinks. I feel like that should be my main job title. Um, glorified chauffeur, hockey mom. And one day, probably, uh, maybe seven years ago, I wrote Andy, the candy witch while at hockey one day for fun. Um, because, I needed to put a name to the person and we would joke the candy, witch, and a lot of people do the switch, Witch and things like that was taking candy, but she did start taking away like birthday, favorite candy and 
Easter candy. And so she was not a favorite of my kids. And so I wanted to make it playful. Um, and obviously being a nutritionist, I had to intertwine all of the, you know, eat healthy candy themes. But uh, what I was really shocked about when I finally decided to go for it, and I feel like during COVID, everyone took a step back and really thought about what their passions are and what they've left undone. And this was one of them and it sat on my computer for years, sent it to an editor. They loved it. Um, found an illustrator that was absolutely amazing. She's 22 years old. And I asked her, what do you think about, you know, drawing Andy for me when she sent me over the sketch? It was, it was everything I had like, vision in my head. Um, what really shocked me when this finally came out was it became, you know, a bestseller under the kindness and anti-bullying section, which I think is so appropriate for any child. There's always times where we have to learn to be kind and we all come in different shapes and sizes. And my kids are pretty young. So that's a big theme of talking about how we all look different. We all come from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic. It brought so many conversations. And then obviously Andy is really bullied for looking different. She doesn't look like any of the other witches so I was so proud that something that started off being about nutrition which obviously is my passion what I do stemmed to be something even more beautiful so I was so grateful that even if it was just my three children that ended up reading this book um, that there was such a big takeaway so anybody extra that reads it I am forever grateful well, we've read it many times in my house. <laughs> All four of my kids love it. In fact, we just read it last night. Not at my suggestion, at my five-year-old's. It is my <laughs> favorite book to read, which is so, oh, so fun. That makes Karina, me so do happy. Do you have it there? Hold it up and show I it do. to us again. I do. Yeah, thank yes. you. Yeah, so the drawings just make it, I mean, it's just very yeah. special. So we're working, I mean, and I don't know if your kids know, but on every single page... Um, there's a bat hidden and his name is garlic. Um, and so he's hidden literally on every page there. He's doing a little spa, um, because my kids love always the find it, you know, and so we had to add that in. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how we missed that, but we will be looking for garlic. I'm so sorry, but you'll probably be reading it again a few more times this week once they discover that. (laughs) (laughs) Are always talking about nutrition in our house with our my two younger children are not great eaters my older two I'm so lucky will eat anything and always have a really healthy dinner and lunch and breakfast but my two younger kids are so picky so my husband and I are always talking about nutrition and wondering how we can get them to eat more protein eat more fruits and veg well fruits aren't a problem it's the vegetables and the meat and the scary things like quinoa I, you know, this is like, I, parents reach out to me all the time. Being an nutritionist, you would think I have three eaters that will eat, you know, all cuisines and have a most diverse palate. I can honestly say I put the same fruit food in front of all three of them. The boys will eat anything and my daughter Sky will eat the air. So you're not alone, even, <laughs> you know, someone that knows what to feed them. And, you know, it can take years for a child to come around to trying a Brussels sprout. And so I always say the most important thing, it starts with mom and dad. Um, I think for some reason we make all this effort to put really healthy things, not all of us, and we're all learning and it's a work in progress, but in front of our kids, we get worried at certain times of their life. Like 
I should be probably feeding them healthier and trying to get those vegetables. But we forget about our own plates, I feel like, and we don't always walk that talk. And so I always tell parents, the more your kids just know that this is what mom and dad eat, this is what the fridge is filled with. We get in desperation mode that our kids aren't eating. And so we fill our pantry with things we know they're going to eat like crackers. I call it all those white bland foods. Um, they're not going to starve themselves at a young age. They will eventually have to eat. And instead of giving in to all the things, you know, they're going to eat, Uh, You just keep on introducing and saying, this is what makes your body strong. You use really key words, fast, you know, you, and we have three little athletes in our house. um, And so that really motivates them. And I feel like, you know, do they eat Brussels sprouts? One of them out of three do, but they see it on our plates all the time. And I am determined to get them to eat those greens or I take them supermarket shopping with me and say, pick out one vegetable for every like treat in the, you know, treat aisle that you want, that you're willing to try tonight, bring them in the kitchen, have them make it with you. Once they can take ownership that they made dinner tonight, you know, this is, Hey, Sky made the broccoli tonight. It's more likely that they're going to want to try it and they may not like it, but we're going to do it again in maybe a week, not every single day at every meal. You're not going to get the little ones to eat healthy when you like put it in their face. So you got to be very, very creative. And I've tried it all. And I also want to tell our listeners that Karina has these great recipes that she has available as well. And I have made several of them, but one of my favorites is your Brussels sprouts recipe with the pumpkin seeds and the maple syrup. So delicious. Thank you. And I should, I should caveat, I am not a chef and I'm actually not even that great of a cook. Um, at all. And so people are shocked by that. Whenever I say, just because you're a nutritionist does not mean you know how to cook in the kitchen. I am an extremely busy, impatient in the kitchen mom who needs meals (laughs) like out this, you know, this quick, I'm not the Susie homemaker that wants to spend all day in the kitchen. So figuring out meals for your family that do have that health element, but are so easy and quick is really important. So Anything that you can do to make it easy on yourself is key. And then I think both Megan and I have made some of the the healthy snacks that um, you also have recipes for and you've shared as well um, on your Instagram, but also on your website as well. Yeah. My peanut butter, my peanut butter bites are like hands down. I make every other day because you can freeze them. You can take them on the go and you can sneak in. If you won't, if your kids just won't have it, they just will not eat anything healthy. Those are so great to sneak in, you know, the really good healthy fats and you can even get like veg, you know, the green powders and sneak in a little bit of that too. So be creative, figure it out. Eventually it'll work. I know. Well, our favorite recipe to make besides the peanut butter protein balls, which my kids think taste like Reese's peanut butter cup, <laughs> um, is your granola. That is yeah. their mm-hmm. favorite thing to make. It is really super fun and creative for them. And, you know, if we run out of the dried cherries, we're finding something else to put in and it's such a great activity and so healthy for them. Um, Thank you. Yes, of course. But what I know I need to get rid of are those pouches. Our two-year-old is just like, he knows where the pouch drawer is and they're filled with fruits and vegetables. So I feel like, oh, 
it's it's good he's getting some of those nutrients but it's not in the form a two-year-old should be getting them in or the yogurt pouches that my five-year-old will rely on after he turns his nose up at dinner I'm not, I'm not completely opposed to the pouches. I feel like for a two-year-old that's not going to eat, I think you always have the, the finger foods on the plate, but a lot of parents have to supplement. And so to be easy on yourself and be okay with that, it doesn't need to be perfect. I think a lot of times we think what a two-year-old is supposed to eat and what their plate's supposed to look like. And every kid is so different and they're into textures. And if they're, if your child is getting tons of fruits and vegetables, depending on, I mean, be your own advocate and read that nutrition label and make sure there's not all these additives. And I think, um, I think that's the hardest part is the industry makes it so hard for us to eat healthy no matter what, there's like different fillers and hidden things. And so just make sure if that's what they're living off of right now, that it's actually fruit and vegetables. Yes. Well, we are lucky that some of, we do have some great, really clean uh, companies available to us in our local grocery stores. So that thank goodness for that, because with my first two, I was making all of the baby food myself. And then once three and four came along, that went out the window and it was just buying the pouches that you see on your grocery store shelf. So I'm glad to hear, and I'm going to make my husband listen to this episode because he's often like, our kids are a disaster. They are terrible. <laughs> no, I honestly, I feel like if they're getting it in some form, that's ahead of most people. And, you know, I laugh about this, but I teach so many different classes. My number one most successful class that I've been doing since the pandemic started is a baby food making class for six month old. So moms hop on in at noon just to learn how to make six simple recipes. We can't, I keep on trying to like stop doing this class because I, you know, I'm like, it's been a hot minute since I've had free eating baby food, but right. hands down, it's like what people need because I think, you know, I've been doing this. I've been a nutritionist for a very long time. Uh, almost 18 years, 19 years. And the questions that people asked me 19 years ago when I was in private practice are the same questions that I get today. People are still so confused about nutrition mm -hmm. and what to eat and what is good, what is bad, what is for longevity, beauty foods. Um, and so what I had to do, you know, a decade ago was define my nutrition theory and what I feel is like the best way. And the best way is bringing it back to basics, stop counting the carbs and the calories and you know, being so overwhelmed. I mean, blood type diet, and it just becomes too much. We know. And so everything I try to teach every time I'm on TV, everything is fact-based, something that has been researched long-term by a large study, um, usually out of Harvard's, you know, School of Nutrition is my favorite that I get a lot of my nutrition information from, but it's such simple information about what is good, what is bad, what we should be eating. There was a recent article that just came out. It was on CNN. It was in everything that by changing your diet, which to me seems like such basic information, but it's aha moments for other people. Mm -hmm. Just by eating healthy, you can add 13 extra healthy years to your lifespan. Um, and they defined healthy as eating 
whole grains, eating tons of fruits and vegetables, having more of a vegetarian type diet or mm. Mediterranean, if you're going to add in fishes, eating legumes and beans and then nuts and seeds. So, so, so basic. And we all know this, we just don't want to do it. Right. I think during the pandemic, especially, and we all went through this food is such a comfort and uh, we are still going through such a stressful time and we gravitate towards all those things that we know are not the best for our energy, our sleep, our longevity. So just by making little tweaks, making, bringing it back to basics, we just are feeling better naturally. It's just hard to do because we are still confused by what to eat and what to put in our bodies. It's much easier to go do a workout class because that's immediate gratification and we know it feels good. Yes. So you just informed us for the first time that you also teach yoga. So tell us about that. Have you been doing that for a long time? I was actually yoga certified before I was nutritionist. Um, You know, I, I'm a runner, so I ran college track. I think I was born running and I've always done very high intense sports, um, very hard on my body but I love that it makes, it's my Zen. Um, and then in my twenties, you know, I just really needed something to call me and I was never good at meditation. And so I took my first yoga class and, um, being an integrative nutritionist, it's a little more unique than we dive into all areas of someone's life. And I was preaching for people to live this healthy life. Meanwhile, even though I was eating healthy, I was, the the cardio was so intense all the time and I was go, 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 go. And so that part of my life of like calm and just, you know, being able to be at peace was just not there. I mean, I still struggle with it a little bit. Um, and that's why I always tell people we're all a work in progress. And so yoga was the first time that I found something that I was still moving my body, but able to just calm my mind and slow it down a little bit. Um, so I decided like any, everything else I do in my life, instead of just taking some classes, I might as well do, you know, the 900 hour become certified class. (laughs) Um, so I did teach a few classes, um, in my twenties and then, you know, just decided like focusing on -on one-on-one nutrition was more in me than teaching like a whole class. Um, but it has been part of my day-to-day practice of calm, especially with three kids. Um, yeah, for an eternity now. So I recommend, and it's just so it's made me a better runner and it's made me a better everything ironically. Um, and defined my body. So I try, sometimes I teach, I teach classes when I'm feeling like others can, can, you know, need that in their life, especially my one-on-one clients. So are you teaching in person now? A lot of what I, you know, as you know, I was virtual before virtual was in. I mean, I've been doing virtual my, almost my entire practice. It wasn't for the first, maybe six years of my practice, it was one-on-one and, you know, Mm -hmm. face-to-face. Um, but no, I've been doing everything virtual, um, Mm -hmm. classes, almost all my classes have been virtual. All my clients are virtual. I would say 80% of my TV shows are all virtual. Um, LA is the only place that just really wants me in person, which 
there is something special about the energy of being in studio, you know, live, mm-hmm. but it's just so nice. I never knew. I don't know how pre COVID I was traveling as much as I was. I mean, I would fly out on a Tuesday, do back to back shows Wednesday, fly home on the red eye to take the kids to school Thursday. You couldn't pay me enough to try to do that right now. Life has shifted, you know, and you yeah. can do, you can help so many more people, doing it from home because I can do a show in my slippers and then take the kids to school and do a podcast and teach a yoga class and a baby food class and get it all and then have, you know, the family life, um, afterwards. So it's, it's been a blessing for me. I know Karen and I talk about that all the time. We have a couple of work trips coming up that we're so excited about. We can't wait to see our partners and colleagues in person. Um, But the rigorous travel schedule that we had before is just seems unsustainable now. Because I can't even imagine. Yeah. And we have more things like this, right? We have our app, we have our podcast, we're doing so many more things in a virtual way and reaching so many more people. It is amazing the opportunities that have come from zoom i mean at first didn't we all just how are we going to zoom everything and now i'm so grateful when someone says let's zoom instead of me in person it does take away that though i'm such a touchy feely person and i think what i do though you know on my shows i have food and we're taste testing we're touching and we're like really close i i hope that it life can go back to that because you know, especially with food, it's meant to be shared and it's meant to bring people together. Um, so I do miss that, but it has shift priorities and family has become not that it obviously wasn't the priority before, but just that extra time. It's like my kids, I, when I went to LA, they thought I was like leaving on an African safari. I was like, guys, I'm leaving for like three days. It's okay. (laughs) You know, Um, they were not used to me leaving. So life has changed and good and and bad. And we've all kind of, you know, had to meet everyone where they are. It's great to have the time back, especially for working moms, because it really gives them the opportunity to be with their kids, but also be able to work. Exactly. Balance both. You know, it's a better balance. It's a much better balance. I'm grateful. You know, my kids get to see that I'm doing what I love. And, um, you know, I say I did take a hiatus as well to have the three kids and, um, literally didn't do any nutrition at all. Um, and I also thought that was a wonderful time in my life. So Mm -hmm. I think there's no wrong or way, right way to, to go about being a mom and juggling all that we juggle. Um, but we just have to take that step back and, and make sure that, and I think COVID did that, right. Mm-hmm. It made us realize like, what are our passions? What can we say? I never said no to anything. And now I say, thank you, but no, thank you. And it's, it's become actually too easy. Jason, my husband's like, you've been saying a lot of no, thank you lately. I'm like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. Exactly. As long as you're okay with it. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. And so I know one of the other things that you've um, recently been talking about, or maybe it's not recent, maybe I've just seen it recently, but the foods that boost your mood and especially, you know, in the middle of the winter, um, we'd love to hear about those foods. Absolutely. So this is a funny topic because when COVID first happened, it was just 
people needed some positive, some positive news. And, you know, a lot of my segments, you know, that I was doing before because I work with E a lot was, you know, eating for beauty and, and, you know, eating for six pack abs was my last segment I did before COVID hit. And people just didn't want that. They're like, I can barely like survive right now without someone telling me like to get a six pack. And so all of my segment topics really had a shift. And I remember sitting down one day thinking, what can make people happy? And then I did this randomly for one of my local stations and it was so widely received, like saying bye to winter blues or saying bye to the blues in general and hello to happy foods. And I took that one segment and then I had like seven different networks ask me to do the exact same, which I've never had only once before. And it was eating for beauty because people wanted to know they want the thick hair and the no wrinkles and not having to go under the knife and to actually eat for, for beauty. And this was like my most popular. So I've done it so many times and had to like reinvent and shift. And it's just so amazing that people don't realize that, Every single thing we eat affects every element of our, our being. Um, and it's mind boggling that we don't think about that enough, that it, it affects our mood, our anxiety, our, can help get rid of depression, how well we sleep. We know when we sleep better, we feel better. Um, it affects, it affects our alertness, you know? And so when you want that extra pep, uh, if you start the morning off with coffee or green tea um, or chamomile tea, even um, those are all proven happy foods. So I always tell people though, it only works when you don't add anything to your coffee. So people that are adding creamers and sugar and things like that, you've just kind of backfired that, that theory right there. So if you can drink it black, three to four cups is like the happy number of caffeine per day, because unfortunately more than that, shows that we do get anxiety. So as long as you can keep it to three or four cups, have it just as it's meant to be, you know, sipped on, it can actually give you that, that pep, which we all know we feel in the morning. Um, people ask me a lot about sugar. People are very, very, almost 90% of people I work with have sweet tooth and it does make you feel good at first when you eat that sugar. Um, but research has shown it actually affects the way our brain starts to think the more sugar we have. Um, and so if you want to keep your brain healthy and ward off depression, things like honey, even dark chocolate, which I have a square of dark chocolate every day after lunch, it's par probably partly habit, but partly just like that little pick me up. You want 70% that, that dark chocolate counts. Uh, the darker, the higher the number, the darker it is, the healthier it is, the more antioxidants it has. Um, anyone that is a morning person that loves breakfast or breakfast foods, because, it, you know, actually research does show intermittent fasting actually is a happy boost for our body. Anyone that practices that, which we could do a whole different podcast just on intermittent fasting alone. Um, but bananas are amazing. And bananas either in the morning or actually two hours before bed um, is so calming that can help us sleep better and give off feel good feelings, things like whole grain. So I always tell people that, especially for kids, people always ask me, what is the best 
you could choose any little mini meal for a kid, I always say also for an adult is um, basically a whole grain. So peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And instead of the jam, you slice bananas. And that is like your perfect ratio of protein, fat, carbs for those growing bodies, especially if they're athletes right before a game or things like that. Berries. I always, you know, Karen knows this really well, two to three cups of berries every single day, no matter what (laughs) the, the benefits are endless. Um, and then eggs. If you love eggs, the yolk of an egg, um, is known as the sunshine vitamin. So it's filled with vitamin D. I always do do caveat though, that women don't, I I recommend not more than one to two full eggs a day. I actually say one full egg and the rest can be egg white and then men two eggs because it still does have cholesterol. That's one of those confusing, are eggs good for you? Are they not? And we've gone back and forth Mm -hmm. so many times. And right now, 2022, they are good for you. Um, But again, (laughs) with moderation. (laughs) Other things are fats. People are so scared of adding fat into their diet, especially adults. But fats are so good for our brain. As long as you're choosing those healthy healthy fats, omega-3 fatty acids, actually proven to help your happy endorphins and link to lower levels of depression. So we want things like one fourth cup pumpkin seeds and any nuts and seeds you're eating. A big no, no is making them salted. So I always say, eat them raw. We don't need any salt added into our diet. Instead, take the time to learn about medicinal spices. Again, we could have a whole other talk on spices and how other cultures that are so much healthier than us are using spices and putting the salt shaker away. Things like olive oil are so amazing to cook with. And then avocado are loaded with so many healthy fats that can decrease all of our symptoms of anxiety around half an avocado for women and men can get away with a little more depending on their weight. But, um, the foods are in our fridge already in our pantries. It's just a matter of making sure they're part of our diet. So again, these aren't like complicated foods that you have to drive to like some special health store for. They're just things you actually need to add in your cart and put in your fridge. And again, these are all things that your kids can be eating too, because they have anxiety with everything going on in the world as well. Um, And we forget about that, that this has been, a tough time for them to adjust and they're so resilient, but um, especially if you have kids that are nearing their teen years or nearing puberty, food is so important during those puberty years um, to help keep them calm and regulate their mood during all these hormonal shifts. So uh, girls need a little bit different than boys during those, those years. And so it's just important for parents to take that step back and know that, when we're feeling, how can we help our kids? One easy, easy fix is what are you feeding them? Are they getting enough water? Are you feeding them those fruits and vegetables and putting it on their plate and asking them, if you don't like the way I'm cooking your vegetables, how can we make this different? Like sometimes they're really opinionated and we just never ask them. They're just, you know, I don't want it. And then you get mad because you were in the kitchen and they're not eating it. it. Becomes this whole thing instead of saying, I would love for you to start eating vegetables and speak to them at their language. If it's a girl, it's amazing for your hair. You've been complaining about your skin. So great for your skin. What are three that you love and how do you love that I make them? Like, do you want them in the oven? Do you want them sauteed? Like when you go out to eat, how are you ordering them? Speak to them and they let them take ownership of what's on that plate. I always tell my kids, there's very few things that they can control when they're kids. 
you know, because we, mm-hmm. everyone is controlling everything, but they have a say in what goes on their plate, at least at home. For the most part, they can tell you, I like that. I don't like that. They can have an opinion about it, but then you need to figure out what they're willing to eat. If they don't eat any meats at all, you know, my daughter just will not eat any meats. And one day, lo and behold, you know, she tried a piece of my salmon, even though I've been offering it to her since she was born. Um, And that was the day. That was the day she decided, Ooh, I kind of like this. And I, you know, was like thinking praise to the gods that at least, you know, <laughs> even if it's for one week, you know, and that's how yeah. they are, they'll shift it. And that means you got to be creative and shift it with it. So be easy on yourself, parents, and make sure you're, you're, you're walking that talk, you know, great advice. My pediatrician recently was telling me at my daughter's annual checkup, he was asking how much milk she drinks and she doesn't drink any milk. And he was like, what if we make it chocolate milk? Will you drink it if it's chocolate milk? And she said, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought I could give into that to giving her chocolate milk. But he gave me the permission to do it because he you know, thinks she needs it for her diet. And I thought, wow, that was so easy. But I was just being so stubborn about her just drinking the milk and not having added sugar and how easy it's been since we implemented that. It's so funny. Yeah. And I think parents don't realize too, that, um, there's a lot of calcium in other things as well. Um, in different nuts and different vegetables, um, Parmesan cheese, if she loves pasta, you know, has so much calcium. So just being creative and knowing that it doesn't need to be one way you know, and it's not going to be forever that maybe she's eating the chocolate milk or drinking the chocolate milk, you know, drinking the sugar. Um, and as long as she's growing and all the digestive system is working, sometimes we're the ones that are fretting more than we should. I'm sure that's true. Um, you know, one of the other things I was thinking about, it snowed here in Philadelphia this weekend. We got And it was not only snowy, but so cold, like 12 degrees and windy. And how am I going to keep these four kids active enough to burn off energy and not be, you know, bickering and arguing over whatever all weekend? So I was wondering if you have any tips or tricks for keeping kids active during cold weather months. Absolutely. So this is another one of those topics that I have been doing a lot of because I think parents have, we're all just home so much more. Um, and so it's, it's needed to get those kids and our, and adults as well. Um, for young kids, I mean, I, we, you know, Sky actually has done a lot of segments with me about setting up an indoor hula hoops, jump ropes, putting on music and dancing with them. It doesn't have to be the traditional, you know, workout in our minds, but just moving their bodies. And again, if we're like plastered on the couch and we, we keep on telling our kids, you guys need to move, you guys need to do stuff. Um, it's all about once again, us walking that talk and showing them that we're moving our bodies as well. So getting really creative putting up obstacle courses, setting, if you have a space in your house to set up and it depends on how old your kids are, but like musical chairs, I buy, you know, we have, you know, the hula hoop competitions are like huge in the Heinrich home, but even a jump rope, I think, you know, 30 minutes of a jump rope is equivalent 
um, or it's 10 minutes of a jump rope is equivalent to 30 minutes of running. Um, so I don't know if you've ever tried to do 10 minutes of a jump rope before, but that's really difficult. Um, but somehow my kids, you know, using that indoors goes a really long way. So I think just being creative and making sure that mom and dad are moving with them is, is key. So just, you don't have to have a big space to create that special space for your kids to move around in. It's really good to know about the jump rope. Um, yeah, I actually have incorporated some jump roping into my workouts and I can barely do a minute. Never mind. 10. It's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. Um, but yeah, if you can work your way up to 10 minutes, yeah, it's, it's a huge, amazing, incredible workout for your core and your back. I mean, I, I love it. Um, and so I bought cute ones for the kids and they, we all just jump rope and now they're getting all fancy. I mean, mom can barely do it the regular way and they're like doing <laughs> all kinds of, you know, <laughs> but it's fun and everyone's moving their body. And I think the key is putting on good music in yeah. any house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what about going outside? Cause I think you also said that you've taken your kids outside too, just bundling them up and getting out there for a little bit quickly. Right. I think when you live in Chicago, the weather does not stop you. Um, I'm probably the biggest baby out of the entire family. I'm always cold. So again, it's getting the right equipment. So as long as you layer up, there's Mm -hmm. nothing like that fresh air. And we're burning more calories being outside Mm -hmm. because your body's working so hard to keep warm. We will go around. I say, okay, everyone, we're going outside, even if it's for a walk around the block. And then lo and behold, no one wants to come in. Um, You know, my son loves like searching for things or we have races. I mean, most families maybe don't want to race but we are racing up and down our sidewalk. We're having competitions. We're a very competitive family. So if you can add that level of competition in there, friendly competition, so much fun for the kids, you know, um, for this, if you live somewhere where it snows, obviously then there's endless possibilities of going sledding and just like building the snowman and just being outside. But I, I recommend this for adults that are working at home too. just take a minute to get outside how many hours do we spend just inside? Even if it's cold, it shifts your entire energy level to have fresh air and to be outside, no matter what the weather is, raining, snowing, freezing, hailing, be outside for a few minutes a day. And that's an automatic happy endorphin boost right there. Very true. Yeah. So this is, this is all, everything I've said, it's all super basic, but sometimes We just need that little reminder and push. And I feel like a lot of times, even the things I say on Instagram, it's not like this novel idea to anybody, but it's just like, okay, yes, today I can make one meal a little healthier, or I can take that deep breath and like move my body. Like take, I always tell people like, stop right after this podcast and stand up and stretch and take 10 deep breaths recenter yourself. Um, we're all so busy and so go, go, go that we just don't take those little moments, you know, um, to take care of ourselves and even taking 10 full deep breaths a day is proven to make us healthier, but really ask yourself how many times a day do you just sit there and take a true in the nose, out your mouth breath? Never. We're all short breaths. And then another trick is 
making sure there's water in every area of your house. I know Karen, we've worked together and the annoying texts, are you drinking your water? Are you drinking your water? How about your water? Did you have enough water? But we water, know water, that, water. that, yeah, that really does help our body keep energetic, ironically, and balanced and even calmed um, by filling it with something so clean and pure. So little, little things, little shifts. And again, I can't emphasize this enough, mom and dad doing it, it is contagious for those kids to grow up that way. Seeing, seeing that mom and dad are doing healthy things for their body and their mind and their spirit and using the right words to describe eating healthy and strong bodies. Um, you know, we, I, I'm a nutritionist and I bet if you asked any of my three kids, what is a diet? They would not know. What do you mean? What's a diet? What's a diet? We just don't, it's just eating healthy. It's part of our lifestyle. There's no such thing as a diet. This is healthy food. It's what keeps you strong, what gives you energy, um, and what helps you think at school. So it's all using those different words and getting out of that diet culture. If you have even boys nowadays, I say mostly girls, but that body image is going to start younger and younger. I mean, my daughter's in dance and the other day she said, Oh, I don't know if I want to wear that. It makes me look fat. And I just about fell off my, you know, I was like, Oh my goodness, that did not come from this house. I mean, I'll never mm. forget one. My son was, so my son is 11 now. He must've been, he must've been nine and he came home and he said, mom, I know what the F word is. And, and my eyes got this big and I was like, Landon, we will talk about this later. And I put the other two to bed, put him to bed. And I said, okay, Landon, we can talk about this. And he said, I said, tell me what's the F word. And he said, fat. And I said, you are right. And I never want to hear you say that word. <laughs> and you know, like you just kind of get that word out of your house. And he really, no one ever says that, you know, so the, again, that's parents walking the talk. And I think in this culture of social media and selfies and Instagram and, you know, the magazines getting away from that culture of, and those words that you use um, to describe bodies and how food makes you feel, or even when you're describing junk food, I don't describe junk food as making you fat. I describe junk food as making you feel really yucky. It does not make you feel good you know? And so, mm -hmm. um, just shifting all of that and creating just the, the most healthy atmosphere in your house, because they're going to go to other homes and you can't control that. And they're going to eat junk food at the parties and at different functions. Mm -hmm. But if you give them that wisdom to know, you know, Landon knows, Oh, chips do not make me feel good before a hockey game. He's not going to eat it. You know, He's mm -hmm. not going to be the weird kid either during Halloween. We're not passing out raisins, I promise. Or, you know, <laughs> tooth, toothbrushes, you know, we're passing out good old fashioned candy with sugar and, you know, um, so you want that balance, obviously. But I think for the most part, you can control and, and give them that control too, so that they have that wisdom when you're not with them to treat themselves as healthy as possible. Great advice. Such good advice, Karina. Yeah, and well... Just trying. And I'm sure my kids will come home with all kinds of Valentine candy. And so Andy will be here later. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's not just around Halloween. No, it's all year long. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on here with us today. Is there anything we didn't ask you about that you might like to share with our listeners? 
I mean, I love both of you. I love everything you guys are doing. I'm following you. I'm learning so much. I mean, honestly, um, you know, I know I've reached out. I've been to birthday parties. I, I, a few years ago, I remember reaching out to Karen saying, what should I do? My daughter's invited to a pool party and I don't know if there's going to be adults there. So I equally learn in the way you guys are educating in such ways that are just educating me to just be wiser around without, without being fearful, right. All the time around water and uh, my kids are going off to camp. And so I think about, you know, the water there and I just love everything you guys are doing. So keep, keep on doing it and teaching people. And I, I, um, all the camps and everything is just, it's just phenomenal. So just to add that and it's the more we can educate, right. With what we know and what we're passionate about, the more we help even just one person listening. That's great. Thank you. Um, absolutely true. So I always ask this really cheesy question, but we did get a really funny answer one time. Um, do you have any hobbies that you might like to share with our listeners? We had a podcast guest, actually my kid's pediatrician, share that he plays the accordion. So any, any <laughs> funny or interesting hobbies that you have that you might like to share? I don't know if it's, it's definitely not funny. I mean, I'm a painter, so I paint things, paintings all, and nobody in my house wants to hang them up. So I would say that's not funny at all. (laughs) It's my hobby. Interesting. (laughs) The opposite of funny. Nobody, I'm like, oh, look what I painted you. Do you want to put in your bedroom? And so a lot of my paintings get put in the basement, but it brings me joy. That's so neat. You'll have to share (laughs) some of them with us. Maybe I'll send one and hope that you hang it up. (laughs) Well, I have about 17 million just to fill in this new house, Karina. So you, you might just take one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, oh, thank well, you thank so you. much. Thank you. Um, and for those of you that are listening that want to learn more about Karina and her really interesting and super smart approach to health, nutrition, and wellness, you can visit her at KarinaHeinrich.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would, please... Um, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. We would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon.